Shalom, brothers and sisters. We're here for a Sabbath lesson. Uh, today, our lesson will be called The Relation Between Our Thoughts, Behavior, and Our Health. We're going to have a timely conversation about how our thoughts, in conjunction with our behavior, affect our physical health. So, today will be, you know, edification for self application. It's not really the you know, point the finger at anybody um, or, you know, the things that they're doing or how they feel or their thoughts is really for us to examine ourselves. So we're going to go into Wisdom of Solomon. We're going to read chapter one, verse three through five. The Wisdom of Solomon, one, verse three, for forward thoughts separate from God and his power. When it is tried, reproveth the unwise. Read that one more time, brother. Verse three. For forward thoughts separate from God and his power. When it is tried, reproveth the unwise. So our thoughts could separate us from the most high. A lot of times brothers ask, it's usually the brothers that ask this question. You know, what if it's just a thought that I had in my mind? I processed it, but I didn't act on it. So we're reading that our thoughts can actually be a sin. Example, the Bible says, if you look at, look at, a woman, in order to lust after her, you have already committed that sin. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. For forward thoughts separate from God and his power. When it is tried, reprove it, the unwise. So if we have become accustomed to sin, the Most High, along with wisdom, can no longer sojourn with us. Verse 4. For into a malicious soul, wisdom shall not enter. Nor dwell in the body that is subject unto sin. Now, if the Most High is not protecting us and wisdom will not sojourn with us, then that could affect your health. That's one of the things that it can affect. Because why? Because you don't have that protection. That hedge is taken off of you or off of me, off of us. Continue, brother. Verse 5. For the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee deceit. So the, the, the Holy Spirit or wisdom only dwells with disciplined people. And I know... Especially here in Babylon, that word discipline is not a popular word. You telling me that I'm accountable? I can't do what I want to do? That's going to be an issue, brother. Read that one more time. Verse 5. For the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee deceit and remove from thoughts that are without understanding. It will not abide when unrighteousness cometh in. Right. So when our mind and brothers, especially, we have, we have uh, colorful imaginations. A lot of things we think about, we wouldn't really do it, but we just think about it. We play with it in our mind and we have to learn how to reign in our mind because our thoughts may separate us from the most high. Read that one more time, brother. Verse five, for the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee deceit and remove from thoughts that are without understanding. It will not abide when unrighteousness cometh in. Right. So we have to learn. How to, as we get older, especially men, we have to learn how to control our thoughts because that can be the undoing of us. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 10 and 13, New Testament. We're talking about how our thoughts and our behavior can affect our physical health. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Yes, sir. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For, for though we walk in the flesh, 
We do not war after the flesh. So this isn't a we're not in a this isn't a fleshly war. Even when we have an ailment or a sickness, it it really starts with the spirit. Read that one more time, brother. Verse three: For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So it's a it's a spiritual it's a spiritual war that we're going through, especially when we're dealing with the sickness. This isn't a fleshly thing. And a lot of us, you know, we don't understand that or we've never heard that. We think that it's something usually physical that's going on when traditionally it's something spiritually that's going on. Now, if you're. If your nerves are bad and you're anxious, a lot of times that can lead to what? High blood pressure. So a lot of these things are spiritual. And if you knew what? If you knew that it was a spiritual sickness, then you would know it's a spiritual cure. You can't give a demon a pill. It's not going to work. Read that one more time from the top, brother. Verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Right. So let's go to Romans 12. We're going to the epistles. We're going to read Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we have to renew our mind or our perception. That's what we're talking about today. Continue, brother. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, so we must prove what's good and what's acceptable. If you can't prove it, then we're going to have to... We're going to have to shun you, brother or sister, because you can't prove it. So we must renew our mind. That's what we're, we're learning to get control of. Continue, brother. Verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man that measure of faith. Right. So no matter how much understanding we get or we may have or how old we may become, we're still a servant. And we always have to stay in that spirit of being a servant. That's that's who we are. We're servants to the most high God. So we're talking about today. How can our thoughts affect our behavior? Usually you think about something before you do it. For example, if you're driving down the street, you're doing 70 and you think there's a police, what do you do? You slow down. So if you think it first, usually the behavior comes afterwards and those thoughts lead to the behavior and the behavior leads to the compromise of your health. We're going to go to Sirach or Ecclesiasticus in your apographer. We're going to Sirach or Ecclesiasticus chapter 30. We're going to read 14 through 17. There's a spiritual link between our mind and our spirit and our health. We're going to we're going to go into that today. Ecclesiasticus 30 verse 14. Better is the poor being sound and strong of constitution than a rich man that is afflicted in his body. So it says better is the poor being sound. So, you know, a lot of us, especially the Israelites, we probably don't have a lot. 
you know, financially through the view or the vantage point or the outlook of the world. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. Better is the poor being sound and strong of constitution than a rich man that is afflicted in his body. So health is wealth. Health is wealth. If you have your health, you have everything. Because if you're a millionaire, but you have, quote unquote, cancer, then the only thing that's on your mind is that cancer. You can't do any work to the most high. Satan will use that as a spiritual bond to hold you down and tie you down so you don't do your work. When we all have work to do, we all have a brick to bring to build Christ's home. Uh, Continue, brother. 15. Health and good estate of body are above all gold. Read that again. Health and good estate of body are above all gold, and a strong body above infinite wealth. Right. See, infinite wealth means everlasting. So we know people who they couldn't spend as much money as they have. They'll be able to pass it down to their family, to their children's children's children. But if you have what health because you follow the law, then you're rich throughout through the most high's eyes. You're a king. You're, you're a queen. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. Health and a good estate of body are above all gold and a strong body above infinite wealth. There is no riches above a sound body. And no joy above the joy of the heart. Read that again. Verse 16. There is no riches above a sound body. And no joy above the joy of the heart. Death is better than a bitter life or continual sickness. Right. So joy is a remedy for infirmity. That's one thing we we should keep, you know, in our back pocket. That being jovial, being joyous, being happy. That can affect your health. That's a natural way to stay healed. Let's, ju- let's jump to verse uh, 21 through 25. Verse 21. Give not over thy mind to heaviness. Read that again. Give not over thy mind to heaviness. And afflict not thyself in thine own counsel. Give not your mind over. So here we go. With, we're talking about controlling our thoughts and our mind. Read that one more time. Verse 21. Give not over thy mind to heaviness. And afflict not thyself in thine own counsel. The gladness of the heart is the life of man. Read that again. Verse 22. The gladness of the heart is the life of man. See? So the gladness, being happy, being jovial, joy, that can keep you healed. You know, look at a lot of the people who are unhappy. You know, it affects their health. Um, They're worrisome. So just being happy, smiling, joking, laughing. This is a natural way for you to keep a live a long life. And I just read something um, of this week that sisters typically laugh, you know, almost quadruple amount of times in a day than men do. And that's because men are under so much pressure. It's like sisters find, you know, they find laughter in everything. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22. The gladness of the heart is the life of man. And the joyfulness of a man prolonged his days. See? So joy will prolong a man's days. Man is male and female. We know that. Continue. Verse 23. Love thine own soul and comfort thy heart. Remove sorrow far from thee. See? So we must remove sorrow, sadness. Woe is me. Woe is that. Woe is this. That You're going to become sick now, brother. Mm-hmm. Sister, you're going to become sick. You're sick now. <laughs> See? So we got to stay in that, you know, let's think about the positives of what's what's transpired in our life. There's a lot of things we don't have, but there's a lot of things we do have. And let's think at it from that point. If we think about it from that point, 
how how bad it could be, then that should make you happy. Read that again, brother. Verse 23. Love thine own soul and comfort thy heart. <clears throat> Remove sorrow far from thee, for sorrow hath killed many, and there is no profit therein. See? So stress have shortened the life of many. Relieve some of that stress through the law, through reading your Bible, through praying to the Most High, through thinking about where you've come from, how far you've come. Read, brother. Verse 24. Envy and wrath shorten the life. Read that again. Envy and wrath shorten the life. Now, we're talking about our thoughts. Envy. Being envious. That's something that comes through you thinking. So, once again, our thoughts can shorten our life or it can extend our life. Continue, brother. Verse 24. Envy and wrath shorten the life. And careful, carefulness bringeth age before the time. See, carefulness bringeth the age before its time. That means being worrisome or stressful. That doesn't mean, you know, caring about things and trying to be safe. It's being stressful and worrisome will shorten your life. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 24. Envy and wrath shorten the life. And carefulness bringeth age before the time. A cheerful and good heart will have a care of his meat and diet. See, a cheerful and good heart will have care for his meat and diet. See, so people who typically care about their diet, they're typically happy people. Look at the, and that, that, that says a lot because think about the people who don't care about their diet, who just eat anything. They have no laws. They're, that shows you something about them spiritually. Inside, they're, they're unhappy. They're not happy. I don't care. How they're smiling or how much they're laughing. If you don't even care about your diet, your meat, meat means nourishment. It doesn't always mean flesh. It means nourishment. Read that again, brother. Verse 25. A cheerful and good heart will have a care of his meat and diet. See? So cheerful and good heart. Your heart is what you're thinking about. Your mind, how you are on the inside, regardless of, you know, your tribulation or trials. We must keep a, you know, we must keep a, a level countenance. We must be happy. We must be jovial. Let's uh, let's let's jump to um, let's jump to Exodus fifteen and twenty six. Let's go into the law, the t- the Torah. We're given, you know, the Most High has given us some principles in order to stay healthy. There's some things that we can do outside of. A doctor with a white jacket on. Because a lot of us think, you know, because they have the white jacket on, you know, that they they control life and death. When the Most High is given it, and I'm not saying you have no use for a physician. We have use for a good physician. A physician that, you know, have a relationship with God or at least take some of the principles from God. Let's, uh, let's go to uh, Exodus 15 and 26, brother. Exodus 15 verse 26. And said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. So you must listen to it and then apply it. It's not good enough just to hear it out. We must apply it. Continue, brother. It says, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. See, read that again from the top, brother. From the top, verse 26. And said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. 
For I am the Lord that healeth thee. See, so if we follow his commandments, that's a natural way for the disease or the sickness to bypass us. They usually don't teach us this. You would put the pharmaceutical business, they would be bankrupt if they told you this. There's a natural way to stay healed or have that sickness just bypass you because you're following this law, statutes, and commandments. That means in the Bible you have ceremonial laws, you have dietary laws. If you follow these things, then that's a natural way to be healed. Not to say you won't be sick. You'll never get sick because, you know, that's just a natural thing sometimes. But it won't be often and it won't be a chronic disease. When I say chronic, that means a, a disease that's for an extended period of time. Read that again, brother, from the top, please. Verse 26. And said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Right. Now, we know the, the sicknesses that he put on the Egyptians. Um, one of them was for the Canaanites. He hit him with leprosy. He, 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 he smote him with leprosy. Where when we moved into Canaan, which is Israel today, before it was Israel, it was Canaan. There was leprosy in that, those areas. So when we went into the homes, we started to turn white in our flesh. Which you would call what uh, vitiligo to death. See, so this is what he did to the Egyptians. Now, if we follow his commandments, that means controlling our thoughts also, first and foremost, because you think about it before you act it out a lot of times, right? Think about it, brothers. When you're in the world or you're dealing with people who are who are in that that spirit of lasciviousness and lust, and you get that thought of, oh, you know what? I, I think I want to watch some porn. Okay, so that comes to your head. Now that's the thought. Then what do you do? Then you start looking for the porn now. And then what happens? Now you're fulfilling your flesh. So it starts with the thoughts. It starts with our thoughts. We're going to try to contain our thoughts and rein in our mind. Keep Stay in self-control and be tempted. Let's go to, <clears throat> excuse me, let's go to Luke 21. Luke 21, verse 15. Luke 21 and 15. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren. Uh, read, read that scripture again, brother. Verse 15. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Right. So we must <clears throat> we must use wisdom as in your mind as you will speak. So the, when you're dealing with brothers and you hear the, their conversation, how it goes, that's how they are in their mind. So the Most High gave us wisdom. Therefore, and it can't be gainsayed. With, you know, with the proof that you have, the understanding that you brothers and sisters have, even your enemies would have to step back because truth is truth, regardless of who it's coming from. See, so that's why we stick in the truth and things that we can prove, because even an adversary can't come against that. It's the truth. It, you have the proof. Let's go to First Corinthians nine. First Corinthians nine and twenty four through twenty seven. First Corinthians nine verse twenty four. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. Now, 
it's just like when you're in a marathon or a race, uh, you know, traditionally, um, you're running for a specific reason. There's a prize and we're running a race too. the race is to the kingdom. Read, brother. Verse 25. And every man that striving for the mastery is, is temperate in all things. Read that again. <clears throat> Verse 25. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we in incorruptible. Right. See, so temperance, self-control is something that we must ex- execute. It's saying that, you know, the, 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 the reward that they are trying to obtain is corruptible. You know, a gold medal or something like that. Silver, bronze. We are running the race for something that's not corruptible. We're running for the kingdom. So a natural way to stay healed is to what? Be temperate. So we must be temperamental and self-control. That means control our thoughts, control our actions. Read that again, brother. Verse 25. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Right. So you must pace yourself and control yourself. If you're trying to be a bodybuilder, then what do you do? You Certain things you don't eat. Certain things you work out. You lift it, right? So you exercise. So we have to exercise our spirit. If you're thinking about... Good things, godly things, positive things that will actually build your spirit the same way when you're trying to get some some triceps or biceps, you go and you start working out in the gym. Same way. Continue, brother. Verse 26. I therefore so run not as uncertain, not as uncertainly. So fight I not as one that beateth the air. So he says, I, I therefore so run, not as uncertainty. So he's saying, I know what I'm running this race for. We know why we're running. We're not running for gold. We're running for the kingdom. Continue, brother. Verse 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Read that again. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself shall be a castaway. See, so Paul is saying, I try to keep my body in subjection. Because even though, for instance, for me, I have an opportunity to share what I know and teach the Bible, I still could fall to those same sins. So if you slip and you think you're above somebody, you can fall to those same sins that you're trying to teach somebody else about. So we got to stay in the spirit of a servant. And get ourself in subjection. Read that again, brother. Verse 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. See, so we can fall to those same things that we try to teach brothers and sisters about. All of us are susceptible to that. We're going to show you why. Let's go to Peter. Peter 4 and 12. First Peter, excuse me. First Peter four verse twelve, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Read that again, brother. Verse twelve, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Right. So we're going through fiery trials, tribulation. A lot of us think because we're following the truth that we're not going to have any issues, and that's not the case. The Most High is giving you the tribulation to try you, to perfect you. Let's let's jump up, actually. Let's read 1 through 4 to give you a little context. Verse 1. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, 
arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. See? So Christ went through this same temptation. Notice it says, <clears throat> read it again, brother, please. Verse 1. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. See, so there will be affliction. There was affliction for Christ. Christ was tempted the same way we were tempted. Everything that we went through, he have gone through. He had to go through in order to protect us, to be a righteous judge. Now, when he's in heaven, he's sitting there. He know that, you know, this is tempting to me. It was tempting for him as a man because that's what he was. He was a man. So there is nothing that you're going through that Christ have, have not been able to, you know, that he have not been able to stand past. Christ, he felt it all too. So that makes him an equitable judge. He, he wouldn't be an equitable judge if he never was tempted because, you know, men, all men, women are tempted. So Christ is a righteous judge because he went through the same things. And if Christ had to go through it, then you must go through it. Because why? Because a servant is not more worthy than his master. So if our master went through it, we're going to go through the same things. So we got to control our thoughts, control our mind. We must put ourselves in the same mindset as Christ. Continue, brother. Verse 2. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excessive wine, revelings, banqueting, and abominable adulteries. See, so in our times past, when we were in the Gentile mind state, these are all the things that we did, that we struggled with. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excessive wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. See, so think not it strange that you may feel some of these things. These things may be tempting to you because Christ went through the same thing. Remember, he said the fiery trial is to try you, to perfect you, to purge you. The same way when you have some silver and you put it through the fire and then it comes out and it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's riveting. The way it looks, it just shines. But that's after it's perfected by going through the fire. So that's why he's doing this. He's not doing it for his entertainment. You know what? I, I just want to see him struggle. I, I just want to see. No. He's actually doing this to perfect us in order for him to be able to trust us. He'll give us more once he can trust us with what we already have. Continue, brother. Verse 4. Wherein they think it's strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot. Speaking evil of you. So now your friends, your family, who you used to sin with, they think it's strange now because you've changed. When that was the point was you to change. I, I don't recognize you anymore, sister. I know. I'm, I've changed. I'm somebody different. That, that's the whole point. Read it again, brother. Verse 4. Wherein they think it's strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Right. See, so now they don't understand you. You're changed. Now that you're not celebrating Christmas and eating crab, shrimp, and lobster and these things, now your friends, your family, they, they're standoffish now. Because you was just doing this last year, brother. You was just doing this last year, sister. See? Let's go to uh, let's read 12 through 13 now. Let's jump back to 12. Verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you 
as though some strange thing happened unto you. See, so when these things start to happen, don't don't be admonished. Don't you know? A lot of times when we come into the truth, we start losing things, and then you're like, or somebody's like, "Man, I didn't get into the truth to start losing stuff." Right now, the Most High will give you what your heart desires after you follow His laws. Now we look at other people and say, "Well, He got this, and they're doing this and doing that." Now. We know that the Most High will bless you for following His laws. Then where do you think they're getting their blessings from? Mm-hmm. Satan. Ten times out of ten, their blessings are coming from Satan. Satan will give you what your heart desire in order for you to bow your knee. Right? The same way he said to Christ, I- I'll give you everything. I'll give you all kingdoms. He That showed you that he had authority to give it. Continue, brother. Verse 13. But rejoice, and as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. See, so when Christ get his reward, that thousand years, that kingdom, then, of course, what happens? We get that same thing. So don't think that these things are overwhelming because the Most High would never put anything on us that we can't handle. Everything that he gives to us, we, we shall be able to handle. And we have to remember that. So when you think that it's overwhelming, you remember that. I always go back to that. I'm like, I... This seems like it's too much, but it must not be because you said you wouldn't put too much on me. Read that one more time before we move on, brother. Verse 13. But rejoice, and as much ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Right. Let's go to Second Edris. In your apographer. We're going back to the apographer, brothers and sisters. We're going to Second Edris chapter 3. Verse 15 through 22. 2nd <clears throat> Ezra 3 verse 15. And made an everlasting covenant with him. Excuse me. And made an everlasting covenant with him. Promising him that thou wouldest never forsake his seed. And unto him thou gavest Isaac. And unto Isaac also thou gavest Jacob and Esau. As for Jacob... Thou didst choose him to thee and put by Esau. And so Jacob became a great multitude. Continue. Verse 17. And it came to pass that when thou ledest his seed out of Egypt, thou broughtest them up to the Mount Sinai. And bowing the heavens, thou didst set fast the earth, moveth the whole world, and made it the depths to tremble, and troubleth the men of that age. So these are all the things the Most High went through in order to give us the law. Continue. Verse 19. And thy glory went through four gates of fire, and of earthquake, and of wind, and of cold, that thou mightest give the law unto the seed of Jacob, and diligence unto the generations of Israel. See, so he gave the law to Israel. So Satan is trying to attack Israel more so than anybody else. Continue, brother. Verse 20. And yet took it thou not away from them a wicked heart. See, so he gave us the law, but he didn't take away that wicked heart. See, a lot of us think that because we're in the truth and we've been baptized, that those thoughts, you know, won't come into your mind. And that, that's not the case at all. Read that again, brother. Verse 20. And yet took it thou not away from them a wicked heart, that thy law might bring forth fruit in them. For the first Adam bearing a wicked heart transgressed and was overcome. And so be all they that are born of him. Right. So all that came from Adam suffered the same curse, which is a wicked heart. And that would be permanent, <clears throat> excuse me, or immutable. This would this would be forever. Read that again, brother. Verse 21. 
For the first Adam, bearing a wicked heart, transgressed and was overcome. And so be all they that are born of him. See, so through Adam's sin, we have that thing in our heart where we're just inclined to do the wrong thing. That's why we have to stay, you know, meditate on this law and on the most high and his blessings that will come. Right. No matter how, you know, what, you know, what. No matter what position you're in, no matter how godly you may seem, no matter how much money you may have or how big your church is, everybody have this thing in them that makes them want to sin. This nobody is above this, including Christ. So don't think that, okay, this this must not be the truth. Because I you know, my heart I still think about that I want to do this and I want to do that. That's you're always gonna have that. That's that's why you need this Bible. That's why you can't just say I got the truth and then okay, you know, I'm gonna go back to doing what I want to do. At least I got the truth, so when Christ gets ready to come back, I'll just come back and do it. No, no, you can't do that. Because there's something in your heart that makes you want to sin. That's okay. As long as you control that sin. Continue, brother. Verse 22. Thus infirmity was made permanent. Read that again. Verse 22. Thus infirmity was made permanent. And the law also in the heart of the people with the malignity of the root. So that the good departed away and the evil abode still. See, so that evil was not rooted out. This is the origin of the battle that we face in our minds. This is where it came from. It came from our father, Adam. That's why we're tempted still, even though we know what's right, we're still tempted. But when you're tempted, you got to go into those scriptures. That's why this is what self-application to say, okay, the scripture said, if I do this, I can't partake in the kingdom or, you know, which, whichever scripture applies to whatever it is that you're struggling with. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22, thus infirmity was made permanent and the law also in the heart of the people with the malignity of the root so that the good departed away. And the evil abode still. See, so our mind is a very powerful tool. You know, I, I say all the time that I read articles where it said that the the mind, the brain is the most, it's, it's the most, it's the strongest, it's the strongest computer, so to speak, for a better lack of words. That mind actually created that computer. So as we think in, you know, the calculator is always right in this and that actually took a man's mind to make that. So your mind is so strong that it may victimize you if you don't use it correctly. Let's go to Hebrews 4. New Testament. Hebrews 4 and 14. Hebrews 4 verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Christ the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Right, so that high priest is Christ. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Christ, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Our profession, those, those, the, what we profess to be our faith. Continue. 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are. Yet without sin. See, so you can overcome it. Christ overcame it. Christ came in the flesh in order to feel suffering. To secure those who were tempted. Who are tempted. That's why he came. So those thoughts when they run through your mind. Understand that you can overcome it. Christ overcame it. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 15. For we have not an high priest 
<clears throat> excuse me. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but w- but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. See? So even though the temptation is there, we have to be strong enough. That's why we exercise our spirit. We exercise our mind. We control our thoughts. How do you control your thoughts? We're going into it today. You want to endow yourself with the most high's wisdom. Sisters too. There's certain thoughts that a sister that can have that can change her whole mood for the day. She can start be angry. She, she can think about what a brother did to her, you know, last year. And now she's cussing up a storm. She's aggressive. Right? So we must control our thoughts. We must. Let's go to Sirach or Ecclesiasticus th- uh, 23. We're going to read 23, 1 through 7. Ecclesiasticus 23, verse 1. O Lord, Father and Governor of all my whole life. Read that again. O Lord, Father and Governor of all my whole life, lead me not to their counsels, and let me not fall by them. Who will set scourges over my thoughts and the discipline of wisdom over mine heart, that they spare me not for my ignorances, and it pass not by my sin. So the Most High sets chast- excuse me, chastisement upon our mind. We can't overcome these battles through our own strength. That's the point. He don't want you to be able to overcome it through your own strength. Because where is his glory at? He wants you to lean on him. He's not going to allow you to do it on your own. Read it, brother. Verse 3. Lest my ignorances increase. Read that again. Lest my ignorances increase. See? Unless our ignorances increase. So had we not come to the understanding, the truth, we would just be getting dumber and dumber. We would just continue to sin over and over and over if it wasn't for him. Continue, brother. Verse 3. Lest my ignorances increase and my sins abound to my destruction and I fall before my adversaries and my enemies rejoice over me whose hope is far from thy mercy. See, so we must exercise that spirit, exercise your mind the same way when you, you know, you exercise when you're going on a marathon and you go practice running. Or you see something in your neck, you're like, oh, no, nah, I don't like that. I'm getting a double. Then you, what do you do? You start going to work your neck now, right? <laughs> see? We got to do the same thing. We got to do the same exact thing. Focus on good thoughts. Find some music that, you know, talks about the law and following the law. Same way we did while we was in the world. You must exercise your mind and your thoughts, your control. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 3. Lest my ignorances increase. And my sins abound to my destruction, and I fall before my adversaries, and my enemies rejoice over me, whose hope is far from thy mercy. It says my sins abound to my destruction. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. So if you continue in that sin, you're going to die. You continue in that thought pattern, you're going to die. We're going to die. I'm going to die. We got to control that. Continue, brother. Actually, uh, yeah, continue. Verse 4. O Lord, Father, and God of my life, Give me not a proud look, but turn away from thy servants always a haughty mind. Read that one more time. Verse 4. O Lord, Father and God of my life, give me not a proud look, but turn away from thy servants always a haughty mind. Right, so we're naturally inclined to evil. That's just in us. That's in every man. That's in every woman. That's natural. Continue, brother. Verse 5. Turn away from me vain hopes and concupiscence. Concupiscent. That's lust. That's a spirit of lust. Verse five. Turn away from my 
Turn away from me vain hopes and concupiscence, and thou shalt hold him up to that is desirous always to serve thee. See, our desire should be to serve the Most High, always. Just like when you have a king, and you when you see those kings in some of these movies, they have those servants, and they hang on to king's every word. That's how we must be. And if you deviate from the king's word, what may happen? You may lose your life. It may end up in you losing your life. And we must do the same thing. We must hang on his every word. Everything he say exactly, we must do it. That's the only way. Continue, brother. Verse 6. Let not the greediness of the belly nor lust of the flesh take hold of me. Read that again. Verse 6. Let not the greediness of the belly nor lust of the flesh take hold of me. And give not over me thy servant into an impudent mind. See? So these are the things that conquer us and keep us bound in our spirit. See? The greediness of the belly. So you got an insatiable appetite now. You just ate and 20 minutes later you feel like you haven't even eaten. See? When you do that, that keeps you in a certain mindset. When you continuously fulfill your flesh. And that's why. Why? That's why they have advertisements everywhere you go. It's like, oh, it's a burger there. Oh, the fries. Oh, two for 20. You feed two families on this. Right? <laughs> then they got, what, the commercials where it's a, it's a car commercial, but the woman have a bikini on. You're like, what is this? What does this have to do with selling a car? <laughs> See? They're advertising you to fulfill your flesh. That's what they're doing. Let's read, let's read that scripture one more time, actually. Verse 6, brother. Verse 6. Let not the greediness of the belly nor lust of the flesh take hold of me and give not over me thy servant into an impudent mind. Right. So we must whip our mind into shape. If you're always thinking about fulfilling your flesh, that's going to lead you down a dark path, including eating. Let's go. Let's read. Let's read seven, brother. Verse seven. Here, O ye children, the discipline of the mouse. He that keepeth it shall never be taken in his lips. See, taken in his lips, which means, <clears throat> excuse me, if you discipline yourself, you discipline your mouth, then you won't slip. Sometimes you'll slip and say something that can never be taken back. And that can lead to what? A homicide. That can lead to you losing a friend or a relationship with a family member or a loved one. Right? Read that one more time. Verse 7. Hear, O ye children, the discipline of the mouth. He that keepeth it shall never be taken in his lips. How do you discipline your mouth? You discipline your thoughts because what's coming out of your mouth is the things that you thought about, thought about or that you're thinking about. So we just go right to the root of it. The origin is the thoughts, the mind. We have to reign in our mind. Let's, let's go to James. New Testament. James chapter 4. We're going to read verse 5. Because your thoughts can be detrimental, to, well, you know, if you're dealing with evil thoughts and ungodly thoughts, it can be detrimental to your health. We're going to show you. James 4, verse 5. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in, in us lusteth the envy? So do you think that when that scripture said about, you know, that sin that came with Adam, that that thing in our heart that makes us want to do the wrong thing, spiritually inclined, do you think it was just embellishing or do you what do you think continue brother verse 6 but he giveth more grace wherefore he saith God resisteth the proud but giveth grace unto the humble see so he he gives us grace why because he understands that our mind will perceive to do sin he understands that that's why we have grace continue brother verse 7 submit yourselves therefore to God 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So submit yourself to a master. Our master is the most high. We must be in submission to the most high. Read that one more time. Verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to, the, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Right. So as you resist the devil, you have to draw nigh or draw close to the most high God. You must resist. Verse 8. Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. See, now this is a step-to-step -step process on how to reign in your mind and stay healthy. Think about it. When you, um, when you go to an AA meeting for alcoholics, right, what do they do? They give you a process, a step-by-step -step process in order to overcome. That's what this is. That's what this is. The Most High has given us a process in order to overcome. You use all of these tools to overcome what you know is wrong. Let's go to, um, let's go to Joshua. Right after Deuteronomy. Joshua 1, we're going to read 7 through 9. Joshua 1, verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper with whithersoever thou goest. Right, so this is how we overcome the mind that is subject to sin. If you deviate from that narrow path, what? Then you may go off. Remember, I, I know I'm showing my age, but there used to be a website called uh, MapQuest before GPSs and all that stuff was big. And it would give you a step-by-step, -step, you know, directions, turn left here, go on this ramp. And if you didn't do that, you may end up in the wrong area. That's what this is talking about, in a sense. We have to follow these directions. Don't go left, don't go right. Stay on that straight and narrow path in order to get to your destination, which is the kingdom, which is rulership. That's what we're, that's what we're looking to have. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. Only be, only be thou strong and very courageous. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. That thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Meditate. We must meditate on it. That means think about it with reverence. Also recite it. Critical thinking. This is not talking about getting into a yoga position and twisting and contorting. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about you thinking with reverence to recite it. Continue, brother. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. See, then... Thou shalt be prosperous. You must get this down first. Follow all the laws. Don't deviate at all. If he say don't eat it, don't eat it. Don't touch it. If he say don't touch it, don't pick it off. Don't. None of that. If you perfect the law first, then. Then he will allow us to be blessed. Think about this. Now, I'm, again, I'm showing my age probably, but. I don't know if y'all remember, but back when we used to buy albums, records, right? What would you do? You take that album home, you listen to it over and over and over, and then, you know, by the end of the week, you're reciting all the words. You, the whole thing, right? <laughs> you felt good about that, too. 
And then what happens? After you learn it, you recite it because you've listened to it, you've read it, then you started to put it into effect. The things you did in your life would be what you were saying, what you were listening to. That's what we must do. We meditate on it the same way you was meditating on that Jay-Z album or that Lauryn Hill album. How you knew it all. You just kept listening to it, repeating it. The same way. We must treat the Most High's word that same way, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 9. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Right, so the concept behind meditating is it becomes part of your being. And this success that it's talking about, prospering, thou shalt have good success, is not measured through the world. That's the thing. You know, the world may see you and not think that you, you're successful. But the success through their eyes is what? It's probably a road to hell. There's a way to be successful through the Most High's eyes and not theirs. And that's what we that's what we strive for. Let's prove that by going to Psalms. Let's show you the success of the Most High. We're going to read Psalms 1 and 1 through 3. Psalms 1 verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So this man is blessed through the Most High's eyes. Continue. <clears throat> Nor standeth in the ways of sinners. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So blessed is a man who refrained from ungodly counsel. Continue. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Read and, that again. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth his fruit and his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. See, so we must delight or be joyous in the law. Delight. The same way you delighted when you when we came up and we were celebrating Christmas. And then you knew Christmas was coming. You was into the music. You was into the family. All of that. See? So the same way you was jovial with that, you have to be jovial with this. We started to attribute, you know, Thanksgiving. Oh, I know it's going to be food there. My family, friends. Yes! The same way we joyed in that. How did you do that? You started to what? You listen to the music. So find some good music. Recite the law. So, you know, put friends and family around you that's working on the same path, the same direction as you. We must delight in the law. Don't look at the law as burdensome. If you look at the law, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a long time before you receive a blessing because you're doing it just to get the blessing. It's not even fun to you. You're like, man, here we go. Another Sabbath. Man, we just did a holy day, man. We gotta do another holy day, man. I really want to. I really wanted to eat some of that pork. See, if it's burdensome to you, then I don't know how you're gonna be able to do the work. I understand in the beginning, you know, it, it's different for you, but over time, as you continue to do it, it becomes second nature to you. The same way Christmas was and Thanksgiving was, and you eating pork, crab, shrimp, and lobster, and going to the club and all that. You was jovial about that. You must be jovial about this. Let's go to Wisdom of Solomon 5 and 1. We'll come back to that. Hold that spot, brother. Wisdom of Solomon chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. Because the Most High said he would give you success if you followed his law. But his success is not the world's success. So a lot of us see, oh, he got four cars. He got a million dollars in his bank account. You think that's success because you learned that at church, right? So is seed, the, pro the prosperity doctrine. 
they're looking at you like, you must not have God. You, you're, you're broke. You don't have anything. That's how they're looking at you. They're looking at somebody else like, see, he must have God. He have all the money. He have all the girls. He must have God. See, that's backwards. Because the most high success is not this world's success. Let's prove it. Wisdom of Solomon 5 verse 1. Then shall the righteous man stand in great boldness before the face of such as have inflicted him and made no account of his labor. See, so they've made no account of your labors, meaning we go into work, right? We work for somebody, but do you receive 5% stock in those companies? Nah. So your work, from their point of view, point of view is going unnoticed. They don't see that. Continue, brother. Verse 2. When they see it, they shall be troubled with terrible fear and shall, and shall be amazed at the strangeness of his salvation. Read that again, brother. <clears throat> Verse 2. When they see it, they shall be troubled with, with terrible, terrible fear and shall be amazed at the strangeness of his salvation. So far beyond all that they look for. See, so they would be amazed at the strangeness of his salvation. They're like, he don't have anything. Why is he happy? Why is she happy? She don't even have a car. She's living at home. What, what is there to be happy about? See, that's it right there. Now they don't understand you now. They're like, I, I don't understand. See, read that again, brother. Verse 2. When they see it, they shall be troubled with terrible fear and shall be amazed at the strangeness of his salvation so far beyond all that they look for. See, so they're like, how do you still believe? Everything that happened in your life? What are you happy about? How do you believe in God? They, they don't understand it, especially us. We've been slaves. We've been spit on and whipped. And they don't understand why we still smiling and believe in the most high. That's okay. Because they don't see it through their eyes. That's all right, though. Continue, brother. Verse 3. And they repenting and groaning for anguish of spirit shall say within themselves, This was he whom we had sometimes in derision and a proverb of reproach. We fools accounted his life madness and his end to be without honor. See, so they're looking at your condition and they think that you're broke. They think you have nothing. God's not with you because you don't have what they think success is. The most I see you as a king, as a queen, as a prince in his eyes. Doesn't matter what the world think about you because you don't you don't have a private jet. So God must not be with you. See the strangeness of your salvation, because we, we're not, you know, we don't have joy in worldly possessions. That's the thing. That's what Gentiles do. We don't do that. We're different. And that's what that's what makes them angry because they have taken everything from us. But somehow we continue to go on that narrow path. Let's go back to Psalms and we're going to read verse one, uh, chapter one and we're going to read verse five and six to end that off. Psalms 1 verse 5, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. See, so that way of their life shall pass away. You may think that they have it all and they have so much fun because that's what they show you online. But they don't tell you how they feel when they go home. I'm telling you, when Oprah go home, she can't even sleep at night. You think she have it all, though, through your eyes, because that's what they want you to think. That's what they want you to believe. You don't know what they're going through. A lot of them can't even sleep. See? That worldly, you know, that worldly riches shall pass away. It will. Yours won't, though. Because there's a crown that come at the end of your work. An everlasting crown. 
Let's go to James 1 and 12. I had a brother tell me months ago. Um, he said, I know you you don't have that much money. You can't be getting paid that much because you, you don't work 40 hours. And he's like, but for some reason, you're always happy. And I never understood it at first. And he said, you know, I think I'm going to start working less because something about that showed me that you can be happy and not be making as much. And, you know, that's just the most high because I'm not uh, money don't make me happy. I have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and I was empty inside. Just like everybody else trying to fulfill that with worldly possessions, tangible things. That's what we do. Let's go to uh, James 1 and 12. James 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Read that again. Verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. See, that's the end result of that fiery trial, of that tribulation. In the truth, there will be intense scrutiny. That's going to come. Don't think that that's not going to happen. And don't think because that have transpired that the Most High is not with you. That's not the case at all. He's trying you. If you can worship me when you have nothing, I can give you everything. I can trust you now. That's all, that's all the Most High is trying to do is perfect us. And see who can make it into this kingdom. Because if you can't be happy when you don't have anything, then you shouldn't make it to my kingdom. That's how the Most High feels. Straight up. If, if money can change your mood, you're not dealing with the Most High. I'm sorry. You're not dealing with the Most High. Any of us. Me included. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus 39. We're going to read verse 26 and 27. Ecclesiasticus 39 verse 26. The principal things for the whole use of man's life are water, fire, iron, and salt, flour of wheat, honey, milk, and the blood of the grape, and oil and clothing. See, so this is what our regimen should contain. This is what our diet should contain. Read that one more time. Verse 26. The principal things for the whole use of man's life are water, Fire, iron, and salt, flour of wheat, honey, milk, and the blood of the grape, and oil and clothing. Now, a lot of people were thinking, they taught us, you know, salt and milk are not good for us. Yeah, this flour and salt, I mean, this milk and salt, this table salt that they're giving you, not the pink Himalayan salt. These things are good for you. The gray salt, these things are good for you. Not this milk that they're dealing with, which is almost poison. But during this time when we were, you know, providing for ourselves, well, not providing for ourselves, the Most High was providing for us, and we wasn't having to go to Gentiles to be nourished. These are the things that the Most High said would, you know, continue our life and help us to be healthy. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 26. The principal things for the whole use of man's life are water, fire, iron, and salt, flour of wheat, honey, milk, and the blood of the grape. And oil and clothing. Right, clothing. You need clothing too, right? He said with food, shelter, and raiment, be happy. That means if you have food to eat, you have clothing on your back, and you have a place to lay your head down, then you should be content. That's all of us. Once you're content with that, I can bless you with more. If you have clothing, it may not be the Gucci. That's okay. He didn't say, my mama used to always tell me, the Most High told me to provide for you. He didn't tell me what I had to provide. He didn't say I had to buy you Jordans. You got shoes on. You're good. He didn't say you had to have a mansion. 
He didn't say you had to have a flat screen. He told me to give you a place to lay down, give you food to eat. It may not be a steak, but you're not hungry. That's how we must be. That's how we must be. It says clothing. Now, a lot of us know that a lot of us know that we're not supposed to really deal with mixed linens. Let's prove that by going to Deuteronomy 22 and 11, because this is part of healing. When you get when you get hurt in the doc, in the hospital, right? They wrap that linen around you because they know there's a healing quality in those in those garments. There's a healing quality in garments when it's hundred percent. Now, a lot of us, you know, we don't even check like that, and you know, we got grace. You know, it's not that time. But when we were people, we didn't mix our linens. It wasn't half cotton, twenty five percent polyester. See, and then you don't realize why you're breaking out on your back, and you know that sore is growing on you. Because we really shouldn't be mixing our linens. But that's what happens when somebody else is clothing you. See, when we get that back and we start clothing ourselves, clothing our nation, then we don't have to worry about that. But right now, we have had everything taken from us. We have to go to the Gentile for everything, for a job, for food. We're going down to their markets, to their stores, for clothing, for everything. Because this is what happens when you're a slave. And that's who we are right now. Let's go to Deuteronomy 22 and 11 to prove to you we shouldn't mix linens. Deuteronomy 22, verse 11. Thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts, as of woolen and the linen together. Read that one more time. Verse 11. Thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts, as of woolen and linen together. See, so we shouldn't be mixing our garments. Read that next scripture, brother. Verse 12. Thou shalt make thee fringes upon the four quarters of thy vesture. Wherewith thou covered thyself. See, so we just wanted to put that out there. This wasn't even in the lesson, but since it's there, we just wanted to show you that this was law for Israel. So when you see those fringes, you know that's Israel. Because only Israel the only people doing this. So we eat different. We look different. We act different. Because we are different. There's nothing wrong with that. We have three scriptures and we're going to end it off. Let's go back to Ecclesiasticus 31. Ecclesiasticus 31, 19 through 22. Ecclesiasticus 31, verse 19. A very little is sufficient is sufficient for a man well nurtured, and he fetches not his wind short upon his bed. Read that again. <clears throat> verse 19. A very little is sufficient for a man well nurtured, and he fetches not his wind short upon his bed. Sound sleep cometh of moderate eating. Read that again. Verse 20. Sound sleep cometh of moderate eating. See, so what you eat can affect your sleep. You can have unpleasant sleep due to what you're eating. You must know your threshold. So some of us, you know, it's like, okay, I can't eat, you know, I can't eat too much meat before I go to sleep or I might have a hard time sleeping. Or I can't eat sugar an hour before I go to bed. I'll have terrible dreams. We must know these things. See? What we eat, what we think about can affect our health. That's what this lesson is about. How can our behavior and what we think and what we partake in affect our health? Read that again, brother. Verse 20. Sound sleep cometh of moderate eating. He riseth early and his wits are with him. But the pain of watching and colder and pains of the belly are with an unsatiable, unsatiable man. See? So moderate eating. This is talking about those pains now. Now your stomach is hurting. You can't even sleep now. Because you got that insatiable spirit in you where you just gluttonous. You just can constantly fulfilling your flesh. Right? 
Continue, brother. Verse 21. And if thou hast been forced to eat, arise, go forth, vomit, and thou shalt have rest. Right. Now, this is not saying, you know, be bulimic because that's a demon. <laughs> that's a spirit right there. Throwing up your food and stuff like that. But if you somebody bid you to a feast, right, and it may seem as if it's disrespectful that you turn away their food, right? See, you know how somebody may invite you over and then cook you a plate and eat. you like, nah, I'm good. But they, they did this whole thing for you. So, you know, handle your business, throw it up and go to bed. That's what this is saying. Not to be doing this on a constant basis to keep a shape or something like that. No, that's not what this is talking about. Read that one more time. Verse 21. And if thou hast been forced to eat, arise, go forth, vomit, and thou shalt have rest. My son, hear me and despise me not. And at the last thou shalt find as I told thee, and all thy works be quick, so shall there no sickness come upon thee. See, so if we employ these principles, the pharmaceutical business would be bankrupt. <coughs> if we employ these principles right here, let's go to Sirach, thir- excuse me, Ecclesiasticus 37, we're going to read 28 through 31. Ecclesiasticus 37, verse 28. For all things are not profitable for all men, neither hath every soul pleasure in everything. Be not unsatiable in any dainty thing, nor too greedy upon meat. See, so be not insatiable to any dainty thing, which means you must know your threshold as it pertains to your health. For instance, somebody may like candy or chocolate. That's not a sin, but in moderation. Because if you start, you know... Eating too much of it, now you can't even sleep. Now you're having belly pains, and all of that leads to your mind. That leads to you sinning because there's something there. You're insatiable. You gotta eat the whole pack of it. See, you can't stop. That's gonna lead you somewhere else. Read that again, brother. Verse 28 For all things are not profitable for all men, neither hath every soul pleasure in everything. Be not unsatiable in any dainty thing, nor too greedy upon meat. Nor too greedy upon meats, which means you don't have to have meat every meal, every day, every second. You don't need that. Why? Continue, brother. Verse 30. For excess of meats bringeth sickness, and, su- and suffering will turn into choler. See? So if you can, if you just, you just got to have meat, you can't have no meal without meat, that's going to bring a sickness on you. That's going to bring a sickness on you. See, they never bring out these scriptures. And especially down south, you know, that's all. meat is always the main course for 10 times a day, right? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 30. For excess of meats bringeth sickness, and suffering will turn into choler. By suffering have many perished, but he that taketh heed prolongeth his life. Right, so gluttony or an insatiable appetite have killed many. That's what this is saying. There's a spirit there. There's something there. These are the things that can affect your health. Now we're going to close it out by going to Hosea 4 and 6. Hosea 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So we perish for a lack of understanding. We don't have this understanding because it's not being taught to us. Now we have the understanding. We must apply it. 
The Most High has given us principles in order to stay healthy and live a long life. Number one, we must control our mind, our thoughts, and our actions, and our diet. We must control all of these things in order to live a long life. Now, we're going to end it by saying, Kwam Yasha Allah and sin no more. Kwam Yasha Allah.